When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, extending into the evening, 18 degrees. The weather's coming in tomorrow, though. A lot of rain, typical for golf. We'll miss that again. A show thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, Polaris end of financial year dealers have been extended to the 31st July and get up to $3,000 free accessories on Polaris Rangers. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey Sports Day are saying, Malcolm, how are you? And no doubt looking forward to the cricket in about an hour and a bit. Uh, yeah, no, I am, certainly am, David. Good to see you too. We, well, we should mention that we had a little hit down at the West Beach Driving Range we today with, with your darling Gail and... Uh, Oh, the, the three of us hit it reasonably well. We did. She's uh, quite excited that I'm at the moment. She, you gave her a little tip. She's hitting yeah. the ball straight and quite long for a, a, a female golfer. So she, yeah, quite happy. Yeah, no, she she, she hit it lovely. Now, well, we've got some we've got some golf coming up too, haven't we? With the with the Open, ten Australians uh, in it, which I mentioned last uh, night. Uh, looking that forward tomorrow. to that tomorrow night. Yeah, and tonight, of course, is the cricket. And we're going to talk to Laurie, your mate, Laurie. Well, he's at the he's at Old Trafford now. We yeah. spoke to him a moment ago. We're going to have him live shortly. So, uh, Laurie Colliver, um, Australia have made the change. Murphy won't be playing though. We, that was uh, mooted, I suppose, in the last couple of days. First time they haven't had a spinner for I think since nineteen eighty two. Yeah, and Boland's out as well. Who actually hasn't. I thought he would have done a bit better. Perhaps the pitches have been a bit too dry for him. They just haven't moved around. They took as much. him on though. I yeah. reckon because he's not express pace. The um, the English batsmen come out and they, they took him on, whereas back in Australia they weren't. But I think Hazelwood, Stark and Cummins is by far, that's their best attack. And you can throw in Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green. Yeah, Cameron Green back in as well, which I'm really pleased. I mean, they, it is interesting, isn't it? Right now, Mitch Marsh is much older, of course, and Cameron Green's still younger. But see, they can hold the willow, can't they? They can actually oh, get wickets. powerful. They can get wickets, David, can't they? Yeah, they're powerful batsmen. Um, the way England go about it, though... They they have a go, don't they? Um, oh yeah. Probably Joe Root's the most what'd you say classical technical yeah, player in this side. Lovely player. And um, Australia have got um, Labuschagne, Kawaja, and also Smith all play that game. As so does Cameron Green a bit pretty straight bat. But Mitch Marsh is the X factor. Yeah, yeah. Travis Head, X factor, and he's Ben gonna, Stokes X factor. Yeah, of course. And Travis Head's going to get some bowling, and and I think also Labuschagne and Smith yeah. with their leggies, yeah. and. I, I reckon every time I see Travis, he, he's hard to get away. He, he actually is. puts him on a spot that's just that awkward length. It's not and a bad bowling attack with the men too. When you got, you got Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Wood, Green, and Marsh. Marsh. Yeah, I know. And you know what? Hey, if they get that one good ball that just moves off the pitch a bit, I mean, wickets go. They can all go. Um, Lockie Jones from Port Adelaide tonight. Looking oh forward to yeah, man. I mean. I, I mentioned I met his dad. Uh, I was with Patsy at the airport one time, and I'll, I'll mention that with him. I'm sure he'll uh, remember that. But his dad was uh, just terrific. Looked like a, a wonderful. Does he look like Lucky? Solid build <laughs> yeah, or not? Yeah, no, he was a nice man. Really nice man. Really lively. I really enjoyed the chat with him. So we'll talk to Lockie about that night. And you've said Laurie Colliver from 
The yeah. cricket at um, Old Trafford. Old Trafford. Gee, that, that's now, two pretty handy ones. I want Malcolm Blight to put his crystal ball in. Tomorrow night is teams. We yes. get all the teams. How many changes do you think Adelaide will make? And, and and Port Adelaide had six last week. No doubt a couple will come back in. Yeah, I, let's start with the Crows. Okay. I, I, I've been really interested. But Elliot Himmelberg kicked four goals last week in the Sandville. Adelaide beat the Glenelg Football Club in one know, in a row. I know. So they're actually flying all right. And Lockie Gallant, you know, young Lockie yes. kicked a couple. I Matthew Nix has said after the game, there are some boys who we need to reward for their good form. Now, the Crows have lost three out of four. Harry Schonberg looks like a certainty. He's been best in most weeks. weeks. He comes back in. Matt Crouch is the interesting one. Still had 34 touches last week. Jackson Hakeley, almost a forgotten lad, isn't he? Had 25. Luke Nankervis, uh, 21. And Patrick Parnell, 23. Jake Saligo's the other one. I think with that week off, would you bring him back in? I've got a feeling they might. Yeah, I, and I, I'd, I like your Himmelberg. I'd rest Riley Philthorpe. I think yeah. he needs. A, I think it's a few puffed. I think Lockie Shoal looks a bit puffed. Yeah. Um, even Michael Anny is just a kid. Looks yeah. a bit puffed. Rochelle's out, so there'll yeah. be a, definitely a move there. It's interesting. I believe Matt Crouch and uh, the other lad you said they're uh, Hately. I reckon their papers have been marked. Really, I do. Hately hasn't figured for his form's been really good playing really good football. Well, Crouch gets his 35 I, I, well why why haven't they played Crouch at any time? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But why wouldn't they play Hately? He's much younger. I agree and he was a pretty high um draft pick. Yeah, I think first rounder for the Giants. Giants right. Comes back. And look he he's a bigger bodied midfielder too. He did some nice things last year but I just well unless he comes in this week the one I one I would play is Cook. I just think he offers oh, that, the other one. that yep. X factor. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, Port Adelaide, as you mentioned, I mean, Charlie looks as though he might come back. He'll come back. He'll be banged up, but he'll come back, yeah. Uh, Butters, uh, we'll ask, um, ask Lockie Jones not about yeah. Butters, but hopefully hopefully the scan he's had is, is okay. But all reports are he'll play. Yeah. Maybe banged up. Jason Horn-Francis. I've got a feeling Port might make some changes too. Horn-Francis will come back, back if he's... In, yeah. So, uh, and what do they do with... Um, with Tom Jonas, yeah. Does McKenzie come back? Yeah, he's, he's, they're Is talking he? about that too. See, that's a quick recovery. Yeah, it was a quick recovery. Hey, just talking about players and coming to the club and all that. I mean, I was reading the advertiser this morning, and this, these names have been on the table for a while. But Mason Redmond, you know, from Essendon Bombers, to Adelaide, yeah, yeah. Adelaide I mean, uh, it, Australian boy, yeah, and also Brody Grundy, you know, with with the issue now at Melbourne, not getting a game at the moment. Will he come to Adelaide, even Port Adelaide, for that matter? I've just. Uh, I know the recruiting in the last couple of years, I think, you know, with Dawson and Rankin, Rankin. yeah, it's been really good. Do they need another halfback flanker or that extra defender? Well, Brody Smith's 31, yeah. so he won't be there for long. Um, Tom Duday might go across the yeah, border. Oh, that's right, yeah. And Redmond is a, he's a good player. Yeah, he is. No, he's, he's a good player. He's better than just a but halfback flanker, I think. I'd, I'd, I'd rather spend... A midfielder? Yeah, I'd rather get some speed. There's got... Uh, You've just got to think now that, you know, we talked about it. Um, we spoke to Marco Bello last night. It, everyone agrees we just probably need, or well, the Crows just need that one extra. Now, it might be already there with one of those kids if they play them. And it might be the time. This might be the game playing Melbourne. That they're not going to start favourite, anywhere near favourite to beat them. So this might be the chance to have a look at one of those or two of those kids, mm. put them in, see where they're at now. If, it? If, if you're going to miss the finals... Why don't you learn something? I want to hear the Crows make a bit of noise. We hear Port Adelaide after Radicalia. They think it might have a go at him. Here they're into Grundy. Crows have really only got 
O'Brien be so don't I've once again I think Strawny's just gonna miss the boat. He's yeah. been in the seconds for Yeah, but he's for years. his form's pretty good. But is is he any better than Riley O'Brien? Doesn't take as many marks around no, the ground no, okay. But Grundy is Grundy can take a mark. Grundy three years ago or four years ago played in the grand final and was one of the elite ruckman in the comp. While he's with Max Scorn, he's not gonna be able to show his no, wares. That's gone. And I would still play Grundy was in the Adelaide Crows side. I would play Brody Grundy ahead of Riley O'Brien. I think he's a better footballer. At the moment, he's, he's older too, so he's been around a bit. But I, I've just found it, they're going to try and make a forward of him at Melbourne. Now, the, can I you do you, that? It, can well, you make guys into forwards? Well, you, you can, but there was only one, I'll tell you. Simon Madden was his name, and he kicked 575 goals virtually as a ruckman and a forward. So, I mean, he's the only one I've seen do it in the last 30 or 40 years in, in any way, shape or form. You know that guy that can actually really clunk a mark, consistently clunk a mark. Can you yeah. can you think of another one? Oh, I'm sure there's been a couple. Yeah, but, but but not. I think maybe Luke Jackson could become that player for Freo. Yeah, but he's still not. He's still, he's still a kid. Kid, yeah. Um, Ruckman that kicked a lot of goals in recent years. We'd have to have a look through the books, but not off the top of no, my head. Who did you have in your premiership years? Not Ruckman and kick goals. Not really. Rennie didn't kick many. Did no, he? no. David Pittman uh, could could not. go forward and kick an occasional goal. No, not a lot. No. It's it's a rarity because they learn a craft. Yeah, at, you know, and at, Ruckman's are very, very specialised. Oh yeah, isn't it? Of course it is. I, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I I like to see Adelaide go hard, and we'll, we'll try and we'll have a look at them one night what they do need. But you you really think it's a midfielder, don't you? The oh, with mate. with legs, midfielder yeah, I, with legs, I, and, speed, and it's almost got to be. You don't give away the farm, but maybe you give away a couple of paddocks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, how old is he? I could stand and have a look at Brody Grundy. He'll be 28, is 29. he? 29. 29, yeah. Yeah, so, but he's quite a fit fit oh, 29. Yeah. yeah, of course he is, yeah. And now Riley O'Brien, he'd be 27, wouldn't he? Yes, he must be. So he wouldn't be a lot in it, 27, no. uh, 28 maybe. So, yeah, Crows, you're right, they can go to the MCG. No pressure. No one's really expecting them to win. No. Try a few things. But I really want to see Cook come in and, and just see the kid. Now, David... This is, we'll just get, I'm going to change tack here a bit. This is something that's been boiling away. Oh. Boiling away. Bubbling away or bu boiling? Boiling. Boiling. Now, I'll start off, and if, you, if you're listening to this, Sam Flanders, you may not know him. Yeah, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Pick 11. Pick 11. Was so best early last play, week, wasn't yeah, he, yeah, was best. Playing St Kilda, they beat them for the yes. first, you know, without, uh, without the previous coach, Stephen King coaching. This is his last four weeks. 27 touches, 27 touches, 24 and 33. He's now played 38 games, right? So he's, he's on the way. And a high draft pick, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, 11. Yeah, so first round. That's the last four weeks. Did an interview with him because he got in the votes, in the coaches' votes yes. that we read it the other day. This is what he said. And anybody out there that's ever played the game as a young person and still playing it and or coaching, anyone with two ears and coaching, listen, please. The last couple of years sitting on the outside waiting to go or not. This is what Sam Flanders said after this run of four games. As an outside as a, player. Uh, yeah, so he, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know whether he, to... he didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. I'm telling you now, this is what he said, and I'll tell you something about so it. So hang on, this is under Stewie Jew too. Yeah, this is probably all through his footy. Right. I'll tell you a little story in a minute. Just let's keep listening. He's now realised... Go and win the ball. Wow. Wow. Get more possessions that yeah. way, don't you? 
This is this has been one of my bugbears in football. I don't know where it come from. It certainly wasn't in my vocabulary or anyone that I knew talked about it. But it seems to be now. Coaches, commentators, even players and watchers talk about it. They talk about outside and inside players, David. It is the greatest misconception in our game. The greatest fooey, hooey, booey misconception in our game. What? Do you know what misconception means? It is a view in the dictionary. A view that's wrong. A view or, not or right. opinion is incorrect Correct. because it is based on faulty thinking or understanding. So I want to tell you, like we're about a metre and a half apart. The ball's in the middle to me. You're an inside player. You can go and get it. I'm and an I'm outside. an outside player. I can't. I can't get it. Yeah. See how stupid, how can that be a coaching tool how can any player, Sam Flanders, 38 games now, has finally realised, go and yeah. get, if it's your turn, so go for it. But so this rubbish. I blame the coach then. Yes, I do. If he's thinking and, that. And, and I also blame every commentator that's ever called, he's an inside player, an outside player. Matty Crouch is not playing, we've mentioned him. He's an inside player. Rubbish. If he taught to play both ways, if, be outside. If he ran and sprinted the outside yeah. to get both. Hallelujah, David. Yeah. What about, I'll give you an example, back when you played... Ron Hately, yep. on the wing. Yeah, he was an outside player. Yeah, but, but the but wingers just had their yeah, that's right. bats changed footy now. Yeah, but, Everyone has to defend as well. Yeah, but hang on, you still got to go and get the ball when it's your turn. You do. You don't run past. You don't run past an opposition player with the ball in the middle, and you don't go and get it. Do you understand? And listen, I'll tell you something now. And this is a hundred percent true. Last year, I spoke to a young player who was deemed an outside player who became on an AFL list. I had a conversation with him. It was horrific that I had to listen to say he was an outside player. I said, you'll never get anywhere. If you're an outside player. player. You'll never get well, anywhere unless you're absolutely both. See, so why do people actually use this vernacular, if that's such a word, when it's like this, David? I find it, I find it confusing for a young bloke to say, oh, no, you, you're an outside player. That's well, my, the thing that I find confusing and disturbing is if Sam Flanders, you mentioned those figures, he's played at a great month of footy and he's a good player. If he was told or didn't think he'd go and get the ball, Correct. that comes back to Stuart Jew. Well, well, it does. He, All he the did, coaches. Yeah, he didn't name him, but he said, I, I've learned, I've learned. Go and get I, my go, own go, ball. Go and well, if anyone's out there coaching now, do not talk about outside-inside players. You're putting wrong things in, in young people's head. The game is there to win the footy. Loving it. Okay, no, I don't disagree with that. Coming up on the show, thanks to Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Laurie Colliver, all the way from the UK. They're playing at Old Trafford. Can't wait for that. Port Adelaide's Lockie Jones is a young gun and also lost in the wash. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day, SA, Malcolm Blood and David Wildy still to come. Laurie Colliver and Lockie Jones from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. But time now for Lost in the Wash, thanks to the Toolkit Depot. A gear up for the winter at Toolkit Depot with a huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. Now, David, that's excellently done. Were you an inside-outside player? Did you Were you categorised in your career? No one ever talked about it, did they? I you think just played. When you're key position, you don't have really a choice, I don't think. You've just got to go. You? Well, you're in the... You've got to go. You've got to go. So the forwards got to go. Forwards got to go. So midfield. I think ruck rover 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 in the to, old days. To go home. to your point, 
now everyone has to go. I don't think so much 40, 50 years ago you had So to... how come everybody in the commentary world and the catching world talks about inside and outside? Well, I don't know. Do you realise your voice changed then? <laughs> okay, I want to talk about the AFLW. I think perhaps the AFL just wanted to slow down a little bit. They're pouring a lot of money into it. They've changed the season for the girls. Here's Paul Marsh, Players Association CEO, talking about the growth in AFLW. Yeah, there'll be... I mean, the guarantee is there will be growth, and I think um, the discussion is ongoing. So, you know, we right. haven't we haven't locked that down. Um, one of the things we are talking about is growth that is driven by some metrics. So, you know, that's about trying to align everyone here to push the game forward. And the AFL's got a big part to play in how they promote the game, how they fixture the game and how we actually invest in the players' development. And I think that's part of the long game here is trying to mm. um, is to make the, the AFLW sustainable as quickly as we can. Um, and so there's a good conversation going on around that. Our player leaders have been part of our conversation there. And, um, you know, we haven't landed the exact numbers yet, but we'll keep working on it. Yeah, well, I think I said last night it is incremental. Incremental. There are things, you know, in business world, you do things incrementally. You don't go out and buy a hundred million dollars business warehouse or zero to a hundred in, in, in one go. go. No, and the AFL should learn this. And I would pick what I said. Gold Coast Suns coming in should have been a gap to the GWS. Let it all settle in. Do it incrementally. And I'll say it again now. The AFLW hasn't been done enough incrementally. Let the girls grow. Let the business get better. Let it get better. Make it attractive. I thought a even bit more money Paul in Marsh wasn't really uh, oh, the, stimulating the, it, was he? So, no. no, we've got to see the metrics. We've got to see. That's right. But I just think when they are out of season, if you like, Malcolm, the footy season's finished. Yep. Then the girls start. Exactly. But there's no different to any other person other than the AFL playing that way. Sandford, Waffle, Tassie, Queensland, they're all playing the same way. They all go to work just like we did and then go to training. It's a choice thing. Now, if you get a little bit of money at the end of it, that's great. If you can get a TV audience, that'll be even better. So why, why do you think the ratings dropped off so dramatically and the attendances last year? Because oh. Previously, they were in sort of with the season, just before the men's season. Now they're at the back end when everyone's seen well, the grand got, final, you know. Yeah, yeah I don't mean... It, it, they're going to stand on their own feet? Well, there'll be marquee events. You know, watching GWS play Gold Coast in Sydney is not a marquee event anymore, is it? It will be somewhere down the track. It's incremental, David. And I don't, I don't think that anyone... I wouldn't have thought anything different. Do you think oh. that cost is a big factor in all this? Of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. I can also say what's going to be a cost. It hasn't come up yet. The Adelaide Sandville team beating the Glenelg team had won 11 in a row. The whinge hasn't come yet. But if the Adelaide Football Club win a Sandville Premiership, how many other clubs and people in this town are going to start whinging? Well, I won't be. I won't no. be. A lot of kids still in that team. Correct. And a lot will probably have um, operations end of year and won't play. They can only play a certain amount of AFL-listed players in here. Yeah. But, uh, so, people here, any whingers out there, I'm not going to listen. Shut you're up. You're getting in early, are you? Yeah, okay. I just want to get in early because I know it'll come. I think Glenelg will still be start oh, I'm sure they will be. Um, it'll be a tough competition. It is. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Are you a fight up tonight? That, that golf we had, a little hit down at West Beach, it's sort of <laughs> done funny things to you too. I was going to play a grab from Ross Lyon, but we'll do about that. That's about the uh, the wild card round. But still plenty more to come too. Looking forward to Laurie Colliver from Old Trafford for the Test match. And Lockie Jones, he is a young gun. Certainly is a young gun. Lumo Energy SA, switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Back with more shortly.
Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Well, Mark, I'm looking forward to speaking to our next guest, young gun from Port Adelaide, Lockie Jones, all thanks to Tire Power. Winter safety sale now on 25% off the equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tire Power, get your free five minute safety checks. Lucky, welcome to Sports Day SA. How are you? Thanks, fellas. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. Hey, and I were talking about the, the jaw. In the old days, you break a jaw, they used to wire it up and you have to carry some cutters around and in case you got sick and uh, choked. Uh, take us through yours. You, it was against the Bulldogs. You had a super game. Did you know straight away there's something wrong with that jaw? Uh, I, I remember, I know when I got hit, it was a little bit sore and I was sort of dazed a little bit, but then... I sort of played on a little bit until my rotation at the end of the quarter and just said to the docs that it might have been a little bit sore and they sort of tested it and moved it side to side and they uh, don't think it's broken or anything. And I was like, oh, that's a good sign, hopefully. And then uh, I reckon it was Friday night and Saturday morning at a hotel, I said, oh, yeah, she's quite sore. And so as soon as we got back into Adelaide, they uh, sent me in for a scan and, yeah, sure enough, there was a little crack in there and... Um, in the next three three weeks off and yeah, does waited, it waited for it does it heal itself or do they actually do something to to fix that? Nah, mine was just good enough that we were able to leave it. So um, I think either way, it was probably going to be a similar sort of you know four weeks timeline before I could play. And um, I've had enough surgeries in the last three years. I didn't really fancy <laughs> having another one just yeah. to wire up a jaw and. I mean, everyone, everyone I've spoken to sort of said that, you know, it will come good on its own and um, we just let it go. And it, it, it got uh, healed pretty well over the three weeks and um, got the green light to play last weekend. So it was uh, pretty keen to get back into it. Yeah, yeah, they're nasty things, aren't they? Hopefully it comes good quick, mate. Hey, Lockie, I've got to tell you just something on a personal note. I was, I was at the airport, I think it was last year, and uh, I, I had a conversation with your father. I know you, you, you're from York Peninsula and all that sort of stuff and play for Woodville West Torrens. I, I must say, I think we had to wait for a plane and it was the most entertaining chat with him. My wife was with me. He, he was very proud of you, of course, and obviously wanted the best for you. Uh, I'm, he was engaging. He, he's, he's a really lively fella. Yeah, I remember him telling me that. Um, I'm pretty sure he gave me a phone call while I was at training and he said, oh, Blighty's here at the airport. If you're not doing anything, you know, come down and, and meet him and have a chat. And I said, Dad, I'm, I'm at training, mate. I can't can't get out of it. But um, he's always he's always very chatty. And um, like I said, as parents do, they always want the best for their kids. And I'm sure he probably had a few questions for you. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he had a... Had a decent chat. He loves to chew people's ears off. That's for sure. <laughs> no, actually, I said I thought you were going really well. At uh, you know, because I had watched you play at Woodville West Torrens, obviously in the Premiership team, and obviously at Port Adelaide as well. Now, you had a just, just before the injury. I mean, you had a bit of a run with role, and then I, I thought you went back to half back, and and you probably slotted back. How did you like the run with role? And if you had a choice, where would you like to play? Uh, well, I mean, the, I've probably uh, after the first three rounds, it sort of what things weren't really working for me where I was playing up forward and um, the run with um, had a had a crack with Dacos and that didn't really go to plan and um, it's probably you know 
we didn't have the round two and three games when when I was ill, so I was sort of dropped and went back to the sample and that's where the coaches made the decision that I'd played as a defender the last three, four years um, to at Port and a couple at Woodville and so I think we made the decision that that's where I was going to stay um, and just build some form in the sample and come back and play those three games um, once against Hawks and Richmond and Bulldogs I believe and found some decent form um, and so yeah, breaking the jaw. So yeah. I think for the time being, um, yeah, playing down back is going to be where it's going. Don't feel too bad about Dacos. Not too many have been able to run with him, Lockie. <laughs> Don't want to feel too bad there. Hey, um, nah, he's going well. Yeah, he's a wonderful player. Um, last week, Port Adelaide have been up for so long, 13 games on the trot. Not many teams get to do that, but never really looked on. Um, it was one of those, and, and teams do that, but. Uh, you can almost tell that Carlton were up and running on top of the ground and Port just seemed, just had half a step behind for, for most of the game. Yeah, it probably goes back a little bit two weeks prior. I think coming off of the bye, um, we sort of internally identified that we weren't quite where we would like to be, um, even though we won the following two games. And obviously the, the Essendon game, just getting over the line, um, sort of... Yeah, we we come across a few things um, that we weren't doing as well as what we were prior to the buy, and um, not that we expected to lose. And people say, well, you you know, it's good to lose now before the finals and whatever. But um, I mean, we never expect to lose. And um, yeah, like you said, we we sort of got off to a slow start, which we identified that's that's one of our things that we need to improve on um, and then unfortunately we just sort of never really got into the game and um, yeah, people were throwing excuses out there for, you know, personnel and um, all that sort of stuff but I don't think it really had anything to do with that. It was more just how we played and yeah. uh, Ken mentioned we just didn't turn up so um, yeah. It, momentum's amazing in foot, isn't it? And you've been on the right side of that, but you could tell they had that. And when they get that, your confidence grows. And um, that's probably the best footy they've played all year. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many games they've won and lost. But I think they won the two games prior to that or something like that. And I mean, they're going well. They're, that was probably almost their, their strongest team. Um, and like you said, it's probably one of their best games of the year. So, um yeah, I mean, they just they turned up and we didn't. And that was sort of the story of the day. Yeah, it certainly was. I, just with the, with the coaching group, now, Ken Hinckley, I coached him, obviously, at uh, Geelong for a number of years. Uh, he started half forward, became an All-Australian half-backer. I looked on the, in the coaching list at Port Adelaide. you got Hamish Hartlett, former half-backer, Tyson Goldstack with Geelong, Nathan Bassett, of course, the defender, Chad Corns as well. There's... there's the, they're all defenders. I mean, they're, you must get a lot of help. Which one do you listen to the most or don't you listen to any of them? <laughs> yeah, I've got a strong contingent of defenders uh, as coaches, but um, we sort of we had a chop and change a little bit. I think um, Bassett was a Ford's coach last year and, and Chad was the backs coach and then they swapped this year. And um, So I've had a, had a good opportunity to listen to all of them, obviously playing with Hamish for a couple of years. Um, yeah, all of their experience adds up to me. Uh, it's probably better for me in terms of, you know, having so many defenders around um, to talk to. And, 
Nathan Bass is probably the one that I've, I've um, you know, been in touch with the most. Um, obviously, as the AFL backlines coach, that, and that's where I want to play as much footy as I can. Um, he's the man that I've sort of been going to to review and ask questions. And but obviously, that you know, with the with the coaching group we've got, um, you can sort of go to any coach, and they sort of give you. A, a pretty good idea of where you need to be. So um, it does quite help the defenders out. Just to follow on with that, Blighty's question, I love watching you play. You go flat out. Yeah, Everything's flat out. Just Sam Powell Peppers flat out as well. But do they talk about sometimes you may have a little bit more time, Lockie, to think and assess because you've got that speed and sometimes you can break clear, then they maybe have a look. But uh, I know it's a massive part of your game is speed and breakthrough, but do they talk about that as well? Perhaps there is sometimes more time to, to think about it? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's probably taken me two and a bit years to, to learn that. Um, I mean, you come into the, the league and you're probably not quite sure whether to... Well, for me personally, I, I sort of... Um, Took me a while to get going, and but definitely this year, um, start of the year, I, I was probably was still in that state of mind where I was going, you know, 100%. And as the coach has sort of said, my 100% is probably, you know, some other players, you know, 75%. Um, and it was the same with Sam as well. He he came in and he was explosive and did everything at 100%. But um, you know, so it took me a while to understand that. 100% is not always the way to go. And um, just working with the coaches just to, to really slow down. I, I struggled with ground balls and that sort of stuff. And like you mentioned, you know, having more time than what I actually realised. So um, it's quite funny what happens when you actually stop and, and process that in a game. And yeah. we're sort of able to find that in the, the three games I've had before the jaw. And, um, you know, I probably played my best game at the club in that Bulldogs game and, um, you know, I can really notice a difference and, yeah, it's 100% something I talk about and it's not just myself. Um, there's other players that do it as well. I think Tommy McCallum, um, first-year player, he's in the same sort of boat. He's quick, explosive player and probably doesn't realise he's got as much time as what he actually does sometimes. So um, the coaches are pretty hot on that sort of stuff, which is good. Yeah, can I also say, I mean, you're still 21, played nearly 30 games, and, you know, you've had near that injury. You know what, Lockie? I'd rather you go 100% flat out and I have to coach you back a bit than yeah, try and get way. you go the other <laughs> way because they're bloody harder, I can yeah. assure you. Uh, and you, as you yeah. say, you, yeah, you, I mean, and you get better at it. You just make better decisions as you get older, as you go through Experience, the games. Isn't and, it? Yeah, it is, it is. And, but you do have that lovely kick. I mean, and you, as David mentioned, you know, that speed away. I don't reckon you ever give that away. What you do is you actually, probably before you go into the action, you have a quick look to see where's next. And you watch the yeah. really good players, they'll start doing that. And you can start doing that at training. You know, watch what, the, never take your eyes off the footy at training. I always found that to help kids like yourself. Yeah, no, that's something that I've sort of taken off of Sean at Bergwijn as well. Just a little, you know, watching the ball into your hands and, and making sure you can read something on the ball before you you make your next move is just little little tactics like that has sort of helped me, um, especially this year, um, which I've seen, seen a bit of a change, which has been good. So hopefully can get back out there and, and keep doing that for the rest of the year. Lockie Jones, I guess, massive games. The black and white v the black and white with a bit of teal and it's going to be a full house 
I, I can't wait. I mean, you've been clearly the two best sides all year. And you mentioned ACOS, so you've obviously have played against Collingwood before. They gave it a touch-up in, in round two. Um, is it is it when you play a side like that, you talk about, we talk about you going like a, a bull out of a gate. Collingwood do too. They don't stop. It's very hard to stop a team that doesn't give you time to get back behind the ball. They they try and knock the ball on at all to all costs too, uh, Lockie. Yeah, it's probably two similar teams. I, I guess Lockie touched on where it's probably why we're both sitting at the top of the, the table and um, it's going to be a great game. Um, we both both teams have um, you know our key areas that we focus on and, and funnily enough, they just seem, they're pretty similar. So it's going to be an exciting game and um, I think hopefully we can recoup a few players and yeah, see how we go. It's going to be uh, going to be on. Just one last one, Lockie. Um, Butters went off with the the groin. He's been in outstanding form. They can be nasty. They hang around a bit. Uh, you probably missed Charlie Dixon too last week, even though he made some changes. Likely to be a few guys back. You think? Yeah, I believe Zach's uh, scans came back all clear. So. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, we've still got a few days before the game and hopefully it obviously wasn't anything serious, which is great news. Um, and I think the same boat for Charlie. He's, he's moving pretty well. So I think, um, yeah, those two and Trent McKenzie as well has been moving well. Um, okay. so I think we've got a few hopeful and the club's optimistic that we might regain a few players. But... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting at the selection table this week. Great to have a chat. Uh, keep up the great work, Lockie, and uh, yeah, Port Adelaide in for a, a few more good games, and who knows what might be the end of it, but thanks for your chat. No worries. Thank you, guys. Lucky Jones, um, one of those players, I agree with what you said, he'd rather be someone when you pull him back a fraction <laughs> yeah. and try and get him going. But oh, yeah, what he doesn't realise, and you, you made a great point before, you said your first reaction with the ball was to get out, yep, get and out. then... Yeah, and I think he he's got the pace to do that. Yes, he has. He, he can get clear and then then have a look around. I, look at his teammate, Zach Butters and Rosie. They do exactly the same, mate. They go, Race. they and go. Then you can have a have quick, quick peek, can't you? Yeah. Re, review mission uh, error. So <laughs> yes, try and say that quickly. Our guest there, Lockie Jones. Sports Day SA. You're unbelievable. On Cruise thirteen twenty three and sixteen twenty nine SEN well, from Lockie Jones, let's go all the way to Old Trafford. Love speaking with this guy, Laurie Colliver for Mate. Try Mate for $1 and get double data on selected mobile plans. Laurie is a mate, and he's our man on the spot. Loz, how are you? And first of all, the weather at Old Trafford. We're going to get the test match in? <laughs> well, I don't know about getting the test match in, but um, I walked in the ground about an hour and a bit ago at 9 o'clock local time, which is about half past five your time, and the sun had just come out. So I think we're pretty... Uh, confident that uh, we're going to get pretty much a full day's play today. There's a couple of patches on the uh, wicket square that um, look like they're a bit damp and a bit muddy, but I just spoke to Mark Taylor uh, from Channel 9 and he just said, well, he was able to go out there and he just told me that it's a bit of an optical illusion that everything's fine. The outfield looks a picture. We're not far away from the toss. The crowd's building up. It's going to be a massive test match and I think it's going to be an important toss to win because the uh, pitch, I only just saw it a short time ago, uh, it's really straw-coloured. It looks very even, and I think it's going to be a perfect batting pitch for the first two or three days. Wow. Win the toss and bat, and yet um, Australia aren't playing a, a fully qualified spinner. They're playing Travis Head. They've got Smith and Labuschagne, but no Murphy. 
Yeah, interesting one. I thought Murphy was underbold in the last game. Uh, I thought he could have come on with 100 to win. I think I mentioned that to you when I spoke to you last. Um, I obviously feel that the conditions and the pace of the game won't warrant there to have the need to have a spinner to bowl on the fourth and fifth day. I'm not so sure about that, but it is a big risk. England is still going with Moeen Alley. Um, he's obviously fixed his finger, but for him to bat at number three is a major risk, I reckon. And I don't know. I mean, I know Warner's in the team. That's a risk as well. Both teams are going to the side with a few risks, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. Now, James Anderson's back. I, we maybe thought that might have been Sayonara when he missed out last test. It's a very nostalgic selection at nearly 41 years of age, Blighty. And, uh, I mean, you've had your times coaching and dealing with older players. Maybe they're just scared to not pick him. I don't know what it is. He does have a good record bowling here and the, and the conditions have favoured him. But does he have that extra little yard of pace that he had um, a year or two ago? I'll be interested to see how he goes if he does have to bowl today. I would have liked to have seen Josh Tung back on the side with him bowling at 88 and Mark Wood bowling at 93-94 from one end. England could have had a real pace barrage at the Australians, but they've decided to go for just the one super quickie in wood. They've left tongue out, and uh, for want of a better term... Oh, I like that. And, uh, they've, they've, kept Anderson, they've got Anderson back. So we'll see how they go. But it's the oldest England bowling attack for about 40 years, so there you go. Yeah, well, we're doing comedy now, mate. Stand up, are you? Doing stand up or sitting down? No, it doesn't matter. Hey, It was just an accident, that body. <laughs> a very good accident. Bairstow, I mean, I've, you know, you keep reading all the, the stories coming from, from the UK and, and, like, there was a fair bit of pressure. Do they keep on playing him? Well, this will be a big match for him. I mean, he got 78 in the first innings of the series. He's only made uh, 63 runs at an average of about 12 cents. He's, he's conceded 40-odd buys. He's dropped about half a dozen catches mm. and a missed stumping. So they're putting faith in him. And that's one thing that the coach, Brendan McCollum and uh, Ben Stokes, the captain, have done all along with this side. They've kept the faith in blokes like Crawley and now Bearstow and obviously they've held off on picking Wood until the third test so yeah you got to it's, it's a game of chess I think we've said that before as well this series I mean they're putting their eggs in a few baskets they're hoping Bearstow will go well they're hoping Ali at three will go well and, and bowl well and you know probably Joe Root's the other one he's been a bit quiet the last couple of tests since he started the series so well so now, there's a bit to look forward to here, and there's uh, some great battles shaping up. Hey, Loz, Mark Wood, it was unbelievable watching. You were there live. The pace mm. of Mark Wood was incredible. Is that the quickest you've seen mm. since maybe Mitchell Johnson here in Adelaide, that test match when he had all the palms, you know, backing away? 2013, was it? Um, yeah, 2013 Adelaide. I think he got seven for and, and did well. Um, I actually think Joffre Archer's spell at Lords in 2019 was quicker. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was frightening. Remember that? Quick. I, I was at the... I yeah. I was watching at ground level when that happened and that was frighteningly quick. And, I, and we've all grown up and you're a little bit older than me, you boys, but, you know, your Mark and Marshall, your Joel Garner yeah. and that sort of stuff. I'd put that in the Mark and Marshall uh, category and even probably Dennis Little is at his frightening best as well. But, no, no, I think uh, it was pretty quick and they had the Aussies jumping. But if you look at the second innings when Travis Head got stuck in him and a few of the other batsmen got stuck in him, he could be mastered. And I think that's one way that Australia can get on top of him if he bowls longer than he's supposed to spells. If he sticks to four overs, um, I think that'll work for him. But if he has to bowl any more than that, I think the Aussies might get stuck in him a little bit. Do you, do you reckon they're going to bowl this short stuff? You know, this boring short stuff, hard to hit. You know, a lot of them got out. Surely the umpires mm. have been had, had a chat to. Surely the officialdom's got to do something about it. Blighty, I reckon it's odds on it'll happen here. I'll tell you why. Because the, the shape of the ground, the boundary's shorter quite straight but they're quite deep to the leg and offside. So I think you'll see some short stuff. The pitch here generally has a bit of pace in it. 
So, you know, we might see a bit of a standstill like we saw at Lords on the fourth day when they bowled sort of two hours of modern body line. I wouldn't be at all surprised because it's a big ground. They could put three back in the deep and try and do what we saw at Lords. Now, just, just a quick one. I mean, you, yep. I mean, you're actually living there. You're actually breathing, talking, you're watching all this. The interest in the street, and I know you'll you'll meet people that are obviously cricket lovers, but you'll meet others that aren't. Is it, yeah. is, it is it front page a bit like here? It's 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 the most anticipated game for years, I reckon. Yep, I think if 2019 was a pretty exciting series, but for different reasons. This series, the three matches have all been so close. It could have all gone either way. It could have been three nil Australia, two one Australia, two one England, three three nil whatever. Um, yeah, people here are talking about it just out and about in Manchester last night. You just have quite a little conversation in the pub with someone. We actually went to a pub last night around the corner from the hotel that actually had the AFL on. Had Collingwood Fremantle yeah. replay on. So um, it made me feel a little bit homesick, actually, even though uh, that match was a, a pretty uh, big margin. But, no, no, it's, it's the talk of the town. People are looking forward to it. And as the sun continues to shine here, it's going to be a great day when that toss uh, unwinds very shortly. Love watching Ben Stokes play. Can't bowl or can't bowl much for that bad knee. But where do you rank him or rate him, Laurie, as a as a cricketer, he's played two of the greatest innings I've seen. One to, one for a win, and one they didn't get up. But where does he rank in your mm. your cricketers at the moment worldwide? I think as far as England all rounders, you'd definitely put him in the realms of an Ian Botham and a Tony Gregg. I yeah. think he's right up there. Obviously, his knees giving him a bit of trouble now. He's hardly bowled in this series really, but no, he's right up there worldwide. There's so many good players, isn't there, at the moment? And you know, if he was bowling and able to bowl, and he may be able to with a seven day layoff. Um, he's certainly right up there. But, uh, no, he's, he's an aggressive captain. Um, he knows what he wants to do. They're trying to execute it. They've had a few little uh, errors along the way, but they're obviously going to back it to the hilt. Although they did tone it down with the bat, I thought, in the last test. They didn't quite go as recklessly and as hard as they did at the Lord. So maybe we'll see a bit more of that this test. Now, David Warner's got a game, which is, I guess, fair enough. Someone's got to replace him. We all know that. That's always the way. And yeah. Shane and Smith yeah. haven't been overly, overly rung hungry. But those uh, no. one, three, and four—I mean, Kawaja's been okay, hasn't he? One, three, and four got to do something this test. Yeah, well, Kawaja's averaging fifty-nine, yeah. Smith's averaging thirty-one, Warner twenty-three, and Labuschagne twenty-four, and hasn't passed fifty yet. Uh, I think they're due. I think this surface will suit Australia. They've got an excellent record here. They haven't lost a test match here since nineteen eighty-one. They've played seven tests since then, won four, and drawn three. And it is a ground where. The bounce is helpful to uh, the quicks as well as the ball coming on the bat for the batsmen. So I think of all the places they want to play Australia this fourth test match, Old Trafford is, is the place to be. And I think, you know, if they can win the toss and bat well into tomorrow, um, you can see the Ashes uh, almost back uh, or regained by, or re- retained, I should say, by the Aussies. What does the ground hold, Loz? It's up to 30 now, Will. Wow. So you've got actually the Hilton Hotel just here to my right. And there's a massive uh, temporary stand, which you'll see uh, later on when the coverage kicks in. Uh, there's a heap of black seats to my left. And then they've added some blue seats right up the very top. So you've got the Emirates Red uh, building as well and uh, the, the brand-new media facility. It's about 10 years old. So the great old grandstand in the background, it's a great old ground. Years ago, you know, in Beef, you got that 100-year in quick time. It only held about 16,000. It was pretty close to 30 now, which is fantastic. Great, Loz. Have a great day, mate. And keep sending those photos of all the food you're eating over there, the bangers <laughs> and mash and the soggy chips and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Love it. 
Uh, good on you, boys. All the best. Happy viewing and uh, keep, keep your eyes open. It should be a great day. Lowry Culliver there, old, live from Old Trafford. Can't wait when we get home there. FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide. Tan Tanya, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Who's your tip, Malcolm? You I'm, going, I'm going Australia. I, I'm, I'm really keen. Um, yeah, I was last, well, I suppose I always am, but, but I think they'll bounce back. I, I don't mind the bowling attack. I know there's no spinner, but I don't mind it. I think the toss is absolutely critical. Okay. If England win, I reckon they may win yeah. the test. If Australia win the toss, they may too. That's it for us. You have a great night as always. We'll be uh, watching the cricket all night and we'll do it all again tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David. Catch Sports Day SA live Monday to Thursday from 6pm on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA.